Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Say it ain't so, Tom. Say it ain't so. The world right now in crisis, dealing with the coronavirus pandemic, and yet the NFL stops for nothing. You've got all these major leagues right now dealing with work stoppages, and yet the NFL open for business, and the biggest star in the history of the game, the biggest player ever, Tom Brady, announces he is leaving the New England Patriots. That is why this emergency podcast of the GM Shuffle with me and Mike ready to go. We had predicted it, Mike. It ain't bragging if you can back it up. As you had said last week, the numbers kept increasing in favor of Tom leaving. The news comes as normally like a tsunami, I think, for many people to realize, like I said, the greatest player of all time is leaving the Patriots. Let's get into it. First and foremost, why were you so confident this was going to happen? Well, I think two things. I think that it was moving towards a situation where Tom wanted he wanted a variance of the offense, right? So he really wanted pieces around him that he felt comfortable with. And the Patriots, I believe, were kind of in a trap situation where if they pay Tom, how do they get Tom the pieces? How do they make Tom happy? I mean, like in most situations, we can agree to disagree. You know, it's the old Dave Mason song, we just disagree, right? I mean, they disagreed with where they were, and I don't think they could mutually understand the direction. You know, they needed better skilled players. And they needed cap room. And I think the telltale sign was yesterday, and I was on Mitch and Pauly on VEASAN in the morning before Joe Tooney got franchised. And I said, you know, there's a good chance Joe Tooney gets franchised today. And once that happened, to me, that was the end of Brady. That $15 million cap room that was being eaten by Joe Tooney was really ended any hope that there would be an economic deal made for Brady. And so life goes on. I mean, look, this happens all the time. We get to a point where... You just got to move on. I hear your point on the cap, Mike, but you know there's going to be fans out there going, yeah, but it's Tom Brady. Like, I, I totally get the fact that Patriots have never been a team that's willing to pay a guy probably what he's totally worth. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're, they're always going to try to pay you maybe a little bit under. They're not certainly not going to go over market value. Let me make that clear. So in the case of Brady, they probably had a number that they thought he was fair at, and they weren't going to go over that number. So in terms of economics, the fan out there is saying, yeah, okay, I get it. Maybe you're paying him more than you should have, but he's taken a lot of home dis- hometown discounts over the years. If you go over the cap, so be it. It's Tom Brady. Make an exception for him. Yeah, and I think if that were the case, there probably could have been some resolution. However, I think there's a widening of the gap here. I think that you know if you're going to spend $30 million on a quarterback, because I think Brady, in spite of what's been reported about you know, there's no market for Tom Brady. I don't know where that story came from. I mean, there's a market for Tom Brady. It's the Bucks. It's the Chargers. You know, it's going to be $30 million a year. I don't know if that's not a market. Maybe I'm stupid. I don't realize that. But there is a market. And because of that, you know, when it gets to that 30 number, if you say, I got to pay you $30 million a year, and then you still need other players for you to be great, then how do I do that? Now, if you go to the Chargers and we pay you $30 million a year and you've got Keenan Allen, you've got Michael Williams, you've got Eklar in the backfield, we'll get you a left tackle, you've got a tight end. I mean, we're going to get all those. You've got it pretty well set up. We can go operate. But if I got to pay you $30 million and I got to start spending money elsewhere, which I don't have, then it becomes a problem. And this is just the economics of the league. And I think that the Patriots – realize that they it's time for them to get on with their future, which is Jarrett Stidham. 
I think it's time for them to change what they do offensively around a younger, mobile, multidimensional player in terms of footwork and stay away from the intellectual type that they've had. And look, they've won six Super Bowls, been to numerous conference championship games. It's the great, I mean, he's the greatest player I've ever been around. Every player has come to an end. I mean, Ronnie Lott played in a Jet uniform. Joe Montana played in a Chief uniform. Those two players, to me, are in my Hall of Fame of watching them work. And if they did it, other people will too. Just saw some breaking news. Drew Brees is returning to the New Orleans Saints in a two-year deal. So we're going to get into that in just a second. But let's keep going as far as Tom Brady is concerned. It's a fabulous dynamic, Mike. And you had a front-row seat to it. The greatest player of all time in NFL history. The greatest coach, perhaps in professional sports, in Bill Belichick. I don't want you to speculate, but how do you think those conversations went between Belichick and Brady? Because you know those guys better than a lot of us, and certainly in terms of Brady, he's owed what he's owed. And for Belichick, as you've made clear before, it's a system and it's a certain practice that he puts into place, the Patriot way, whether you love it or not, there's a certain way that Bill's going to conduct his business. What can you tell us about their relationship and just how cool it's going to be when we get to see Brady go versus Belichick? I can't imagine. I mean, it's not a relationship that's, you know, ever been bad it's always been mutual respect for one another now I don't think like in all relationships they don't see eye to eye on everything I'm sure and Tom has a lot of opinions on the skill players around him and the players around him which it's he's entitled to he's played at such a high level and Bill has an opinion of some of those players around him and I think over time they have changed how they think in terms of where this offense needs to go and I think at some point, somebody was going to have to cut the cord. There was going to have to be somewhere because we can't keep going down this road. We can't keep going down. We'll sign this veteran player. We'll have this. But I mean, if you need five great players around you, then why do we pay you $30 million a year? Right. And Brady's like, we need veteran guys. I need to trust players. And both sides are right. Both sides have their points. And I'm not arguing for either one here. All I'm saying is, I think the time was now. I think their relationship will only grow stronger as they get apart from one another and they realize how awesome each other is. And I think it happens to a lot of players that leave the Patriots. When Tom goes into, whether it's the Charger locker room or the Bucks locker room or another locker room, and he realizes how teams behave. Now, the Chargers, to me, are interesting because they have a really young offensive coordinator. And I think that if he went there, I think he could run what he wants to run. I don't see that at Bruce Arians' offense down at Tampa, which is take shots, throw it down the field. Bruce, I can't see Brady and Byron Leftwich and Bruce all coming to a meeting of the minds. I could see Brady kind of telling Shane Strickland, I think that's how you say his last name, he was with us in Cleveland. I could see him saying, hey, here's what I want to do offensively and here's how we did it in New England. That I could see. Before we get to where he could be going, I want to talk another relationship, which is Robert Kraft and Tom Brady. Very famously, a few years ago, Rumors were that Brady said, hey, get rid of Garoppolo. Belichick wanted to keep him. It felt like in that tug of war, Robert Kraft understood Tom Brady's point of view. You flip Garoppolo for assets. We'll get into the fact whether or not you, because you've said this, you're the only guy out there saying, listen, watch out for San Francisco. That could happen. But tell me a little bit about Kraft and Brady and how you think this is going to go, because I'm sure the old man is going to say, man, I wish we could have kept him. But as you said, this felt inevitable on some level. 
Yeah, I mean, I think with Kraft, as most good owners do, they ask questions, and they ask really questions that you need to answer in a, in a definitive manner. I mean, that's what a really good owner does. People say it's meddling. I don't think it's meddling. I think it's allowing yourself to be convicted of your own thoughts. So if someone says to you, why is it a good idea for us to not offer Tom more than, say, $15 million per year or whatever the number is, and I'm just throwing numbers out, and then give the backup. Say, look, if we did this, we lose this, this, and this, or if we did that, we lose this, or or how do we compete on a Super Bowl level if we give Tom X amount and then we have nothing left? And I think that those are the kind of things that you have to be able to answer. And you've got to divorce yourself from, I love Tom, which I do. I love Tom. I sent him a text today before we came on the – I love him and I thanked him because I wouldn't have two Super Bowl rings without him. But this is business too, right? So you've got to be able to decide how the business should run. And I think Kraft's got to ask the right questions to his head coach. You've got to present the evidence as you see it and make the decisions. I mean, this is what you get paid to do. And if you can remove bias from it, which is what we have to do, which is clearly, you know, in this case, there's a tremendous amount of bias towards the past, then, you know, it affects your mindset. So I think that's what they had to do. And I think that's what Kraft would do. And it's not going to change the relationship. I mean, look, Brady will always be a Patriot. No one will ever wear 12 again. I'm sure Brady will always be in the inner circle of the Patriots family with Kraft. I'm sure if he wants a career after football, it's going to be with the Patriots. This is just the way things are. This is what happens in the world of sports. And sometimes injuries take this away because players get hurt and they're forced to walk away. And sometimes this stare down actually does occur. And when it does, it doesn't look pretty on the outside, but it's just part of life. But I think that's important what you're saying, which is that this is not the Patriots saying, hey, we don't think Tom Brady is who he once were. We don't think he has value. No, no, he has value. It's just within the world of the salary cap era, the value is not $30 million because in addition to paying Tom Brady that, we'd have to add those skill players, et cetera. And I think that's an important note to make. You think at other superstars when they've left teams, you know, Wayne Gretzky, when he was traded from the Oilers to the Kings, because Peter Pockett needed some money and, and uh, he had his biggest asset out there. He tried to rebuild on the fly and away you go. Uh, in terms of Michael Jordan, when he left the Bulls the first time, you know, he famously said, I got nothing left to prove. I've won my rings. I want to go play baseball. In the case of Tom Brady, he still has something to prove. He still has something left in the tank. And I'm sure you're right. I'm sure if Belichick and Kraft have asked, do you think Tom Brady's the same guy he once was? No. Does he still provide value? Of course he does, but not at this money that we're looking to make or look at the price that he's looking to make, which I think, like you said, is an understandable situation. Uh, coming up next, where he could go. What do you think? That's next. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So, as a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus 
for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do, go check out the PXG Black Ops Driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We now push it forward, Mike, to where he could go. I want to start with Sam Fran, because you were the first guy to mention that potential possibility. What do you think? Garoppolo goes to New England, or just more importantly, Tom Brady goes to Sam Fran, childhood team, great defense. He takes them over the top. I think he really wanted San Francisco, and I think there were feelers put out from Tom to San Francisco. But I think at San Francisco, and I think it was really intriguing to Kyle Shanahan, who has all the authority to make the decision. But I think over time, I think what the ownership Jed York did is force Kyle to keep answering the question, is this really the right thing to do? And eventually, Kyle let it out. Chris Sims reported it to basically say, San Francisco is not going to be part of it. And, you know, and in the long run, it's probably the right thing for San Francisco. In the short term, it's probably the wrong thing because I think if Brady went there, he could have been that one piece. But I think San Francisco has other issues they need to deal with. You know, the defensive line, they lose Buckner, which was a huge loss for them. Nobody, you know, they sign Armstead back, but the Buckner loss inside penetration on, on a quarterback is devastating. I think that's going to be significant for the 49ers. But that being said, so I don't think San Francisco really now they're in play. I do think it's two teams. I think it's Tampa and I think it's the Chargers. Is there a third team out there? I would have a hard time believing it. it's not the Colts. I know that. I was about to say, so let's eliminate some others. The Titans came out and said, listen, of course, they're signing Tannehill, the big deal. There have been rumors before. We had talked about Mike Vrabel, Brady's relationship with the Patriots, but obviously Tannehill's their guy, which I think makes sense. Tannehill had a tremendous season. You keep building with him. What about the Raiders? We'd mentioned them before. Gruden would probably be uh, open to allowing Tom to have a lot of influence with regards to the offense that would run. Gruden's been known as an offensive coach for years. Obviously, he brings some sizzle going to Vegas. Are you not including the Raiders in this one, Mike? No, I mean, since they signed Mariota, which is a fascinating signing, right? I mean, they signed Mariota. Gruden talks about how he wants a guy who's like him. 
And now he has two of the probably the most mild-mannered quarterbacks in the history of the sport, right? Two of the nicest guys, right? Two of the guys that you love to have at your family Thanksgiving dinner, you know, but neither of them are going to go out and just slit somebody. You know, like they're just the most – I'm not calling them non-competitive, but they just don't generate leadership. They're not able to attract and command the room, right? I mean, if he thought Carr was soft and mild-mannered, welcome to Marcus Mariota, who's a wonderful kid. Love the kid, right? But really, the one knock on him coming out of Oregon before we actually watched him play in the NFL was he had no real leadership trait. He was more of a follower. He was more, okay, here's what you want me to do. All right, I'll do it. Interesting. So with them signing Mariota, who Mike Mayock had as number one on his draft board, who also Gruden loved coming out, I think they'll able to say to Mariota, look, we're not married to Carr. You compete. If you do what Tannehill did to you, we'll put you in the game. Makes sense, but you're right. I, I, <laughs> I want to see another hard knocks now, the Raiders. <laughs> I mean, it's screwed trying to bump up. Can't you be a little bit more like me? And then he signs a guy who's the antithesis of him. <laughs> like, it makes no sense to me. Like, you know, like, you know, I want this nail eater, and then he is a nice kid. Uh, Hi, Mr. Cleaver. How are you today? <laughs> Leave it to Beaver. I love it. Little Ward Cleaver. But, th- Mike, this is sometimes, listen, long before Millie, I'm sure you dated a girl who tried to change you, right? Girls try to change guys. They go, listen, I can be the one to get him to be less like this. I can make him more like this. Gruden probably has, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, a strong enough ego to say, listen, I can make Mariota the, a, a more fiery guy. I can do that. I can harness him, right? Comes down to ego. Yeah, I mean, but Parcells used to say this all the time. If the pup don't bite, he ain't never biting, right? <laughs> that's what he used to talk about rookies. If, if you can't get a pup to bite, he ain't biting later. So that's what he used to say about rookies. If the rookies ain't biting, they ain't biting later. We ain't going to make them bite later. And Mariota ain't biting. I mean, you know, he's the dog on the street that people come by and his tail's always wagging. Come over and pet me, please. Pet me, please. I, you know, Meanwhile, I got two of them that you think if you entered the house, you're going to get murdered, right? You're going to get killed. They can't wait for you to just lick them, right? So I have the opposite. I have like pretend tough guys, which I have two pretend tough dogs. And I think Mariota's more of the, hi, it's friendly. Hi, everybody. Hi, Mr. Cleaver. We're going to have cupcakes today. Like it doesn't, I don't see how it's going to work, but you know, it is what it is. Listen, Bucks or Chargers, if those are the two, I think it's Chargers. LA needs to sell some sizzle. For God's sakes, uh, prior to this coronavirus pandemic, the Lakers are a huge story, always, of course, number one team in town. The Clippers have had a phenomenal season, Kawhi Leonard. The Dodgers got Mookie Betts from the Red Sox. They haven't won a World Series since 1988. They're ready to go. USC football has always been big. LA needs to get some sizzle. So they're like, you know what? We are going to sign Tom Brady. There's no question. We'll pay him whatever he wants and we'll give him carte blanche. And yeah, the O-line could use some work. But as you said with the young OC, we're giving you the keys to the car. And I think for Tom Brady, yeah, I want to win another Super Bowl title, but I want to get paid and I'll be invigorated by the challenge. The Chargers to me make the most sense. They do for me too. I mean, other than the fact that you got to get past Patrick Mahomes. And look, if you're the Chargers, you could probably say, hey, look, we played them as close as anybody last year. We got a defensive line that can rush. We've got the ability to play with them. We did it last year. They've got incredible skill players, right? They've got incredible skill players. They've got tight ends. They've got receivers. They've got Ecular. They've got the top draft pick. They've got a high top 10. They'll get an offensive tackle to play left tackle. I mean, they can make a compelling speech. Plus, Brady can go in there and run what he wants to run. You run to run auto, you run to run, we're going to run it, right? Here's how we're going to do it. That makes sense. Tampa doesn't, from that standpoint, is is Tampa ready? I mean, Tampa can't block anybody up front. Not that the Chargers can, but Tampa can't block anybody up front. Now, can Tampa 
you know, do they have skill players? No doubt. They've got skill players. I mean, look, they lost Perryman, but they also have other guys in there. Evans, they've got Conway. they got a bunch of guys that have played really well for them offensively. O.J. Howard. So they, they make sense, but how good can they be defensively? I mean, I thought defensively they overachieved last year. They were they really did. Todd Bowles did a tremendous job. On the surface, other than the fact that for us to win, we got to get past Mahomes. And knowing Brady, I don't think he really gives a shit. I think Brady feels like, screw it. If we're good, we'll beat Mahomes. Yeah, I was about to say, he's the kind of guy that just welcomes that challenge. And by the way, how many years of playing at Foxborough, AFC Championship game, horrendous weather, and now it looks like it could be either L.A. or Tampa. That'll help your 40-year-old bones as well. Uh, a thought on Jarrett Stidham, Mike. How good is he? What can we expect from him? You know, Patriots fans are going to say, oh, God, now we're a team in transition. Of course, the Bills, and we'll do this more tomorrow. Stephon Diggs is now going to be paired up with Josh Allen as Buffalo tries to wrestle away AFC East supremacy. But is this going to be a change of the guard in the AFC? Is Stidham going to be able to step right in and uh, pick up where Brady left off? Well, I think what the reaction would be is, look, Stidham's not stepping in, the team's stepping in. It's going to require the team to take over. It's going to require a change of offense. I mean, Josh McDaniels is going to have to use his intellectual capacity. You'll see more bootlegs. You'll see more different things that fit what Stidham does. I mean, this is the beautiful thing about the greatest coach of all time is he will fit an offense around what Stidham can do effectively. And based on what Stidham did in the practices during the year, Everybody is of the belief that Stidham has the potential to go out there and be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Where does that potential lie? Where does it go to? I don't know, but this I do know. No one will be giving a starting job in New England. Stidham's going to have to earn it. No one's giving anything. If they sign a veteran guy, now remember, Belichick is much like Warren Buffett. Once the market becomes depressed, he'll start operating, and he'll start buying pieces at cheap value. And he'll sign a quarterback at a cheaper value, and he'll let him compete. He will not give anyone the job. No one's getting the job. They're going to have to win the job. That's important. They're going to have to win the job, which by winning the job, they're going to have to win their teammates over. They're going to have to prove to it. He's not going to pull the Ryan Pace, MVP Mitch, you're the starter, even though you suck. You know, that ain't happening in New England. You're going to have to win the job. That's going to be the case. And how good Stidham can be? God only knows. I do know this, and I've said it on the air. Tommy Tuberville, we're still waiting for his reply. If Stidham would have stayed at Baylor and played in Matt Rule's offense, he would have been picked in the first round. By going to Auburn, which he thought was going to help the quarterback, he hurt his career and got picked in the third round. Now, everything, everything has to be proven on the field. This is all hypothetical. This is all hypothetical. Stidham's got all the traits you want to be a good quarterback in the NFL. He's got to prove it. He's got to prove it. And you can't take it. Do I think they'll sign a veteran? Yes, they'll sign an economic value veteran behind it. Will it be Andy Dalton? Depends on what they get Andy Dalton for. It's all going to come down to the deal and the player. As we close up this podcast, the Jim Shuffle, do not forget, tomorrow we're going to be talking about the Bills giving up four picks to get Stephon Diggs, Cooper re-signing with the Cowboys, a $100 million deal. Uh, Vitae leaves the Eagles for $50 million from the Lions. I mean, there's, there's tons of moves all over the place, and it's going to keep happening. Did the Lions watch tape? I mean, seriously, AD, you and I could – I mean, could just give us a room, and we'll, we'll make the Lions better than that. Seriously. <laughs> $50 wow. million for Vitae. I swear to God, Mike, if everything that happened did stay, that would blow my mind. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, what is this guy, Jason Peters? Yeah. Come on. Unbelievable. I mean, like, who's watching tape? <laughs> Last note here, like I said, it was breaking 
breaking news. So this is great news for the Saints. Drew Brees, two-year deal worth approximately $50 million, $25 million per year, the same value as the previous deal he signed with the Saints. The deal is even more team-friendly than last time considering the inflation of quarterback salary since then. So this is an example where it's nice to see Brees and New Orleans coming together, did not test the open market heading into his 20th NFL season. So one great moves on in Tom Brady and one great remains in Drew Brees. Yeah, Brady stays, and the 30% rule being eliminated really helped here so they could fit him into their cap. And thank God for the CBA because I don't think this deal would have been able to get done without the new CBA because of that 30% rule. To your point, Saints entered this week less than $10 million in cap space, so they made it work. All right, we're back tomorrow on the GM Shuffle. We'll talk about all those other moves. And Mr. Lombardi tweeted earlier, Brady must know where he's going. It's going to be the next 24, 48 hours. So who knows? By tomorrow, we could be telling you where Tom Brady's new team is. Thanks for checking out the shuffle. Stay safe, everybody. Stay home. And thanks for the listen.